0: Building better relationships at home and at work for people who have more than enough on their plate. Two coaches dangling the possibility of finding joy in your relationships. Do you dare to consider life can
1: be better? Have a listen
0: and tell us why.
1: Welcome to Building Better Relationships with Angela and Patty. In this episode, Angela and Patty will be discussing just be. Go Beyond Social Expectations That Influence Suicide. We feel this topic needs to be discussed openly and not avoided because it is uncomfortable. Lives matter. How did we get to this topic? Angela and I were talking about how there has been an increase of suicide over the years and how... The current situation with isolation and other factors such as job loss can be a risk factor.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of mental health issues exacerbated by the COVID-19 isolation period that people are experiencing. In Australia, we've had problems with suicide because it's a large country in terms of landmass with a small population. So we've had problems with suicide because many of our population live in isolated situations. So for example teens in rural areas are very isolated and also elderly in both areas rural areas and the city are often isolated. So there's actually high suicide rates for elderly in Australia. So Patty and I, before the virus, we thought that the suicide topic might be too taboo to talk about or too sensitive. But interestingly, because of the virus, a lot of these things are really important to talk about and bring our attention to collectively as a society. Suicide and mental health need to be aired and talked about. And the media, interestingly, commercial media is talking about it. So it's actually quite surprising to me that it's being spoken about versus some other things that they normally get distracted by. But this is a good thing about this current situation that we have an opportunity to look at those deeper wounds in our community that we've kind of talked about in the years, but we just get distracted by other things in life.
1: Yes. If you or your family is touched by suicide, it is painful and very deep. The hurt stays with us forever. The why it happened or the guilt of not knowing why or could I have done something to stop it? Not knowing what to say and so on and so on or the judgment attached to it. Suicide leaves deep wounds that won't heal. The people who love you don't forget and the hurt will be there for the rest of their lives. It's a constant memory, and it causes a lot of questioning of why. The loved ones may blame themselves, thinking they could have prevented it. The sorrow that never ends. The memory of the event doesn't go away. The deep grieving emotions keep coming back over and over again. What happens doesn't make sense. The people left behind are devastated. Living with this is like having a piece of your heart ripped out of your chest that won't heal. And suicide, you never think that it's going to happen to your family or friends. I always thought that too. And um, I had a family member that had taken his life. There is help. If suicide touches your life there are lo- in your local area there are support groups due to the nature of suicide it is important to share what happened with others who have been through it a survivor support group offers a place to be understood and accepted it can be extremely it can be a, an extremely helpful tool for healing and going on Yeah,
0: and this is another example of groups coming together and discussing their feelings because that's really important as a community now, which is what's given me some hope about this current situation. I'm seeing the media talk about it and people are coming together on video chats to communicate with all sorts of different emotions Family members who've been affected by suicide uh, can really carry a lot of emotions that they can't even verbalise and a a big sense of being powerless, they can't do anything now that their family member has committed suicide but also they may feel guilty for not doing more before the person committed suicide or attempted suicide. So our goal today is to give some pointers on what you can do um, and I'm going to give an example if you're a family member, of someone who's committed suicide and it could be a, a member that you know or someone in your that you don't know that you didn't grow up with, like a grandparent, that has a huge impact on the on the way you feel emotionally so for example you could have had a grandparent who you didn't meet they committed suicide and that family that do know him your parents for example they could have this shadow over them and you as a child grew up in that shadow and you don't even really know why people are sad or guilty or don't talk about things so if you have a a member like that I'm going to give you an example quickly that you can just connect to them and send them thoughts of peace and wish them thoughts of ease in their transition because often someone who commits suicide does it in a moment of terror or deep, darker depression. Beyond depression, though, it's a, a moment where they've got nowhere else to go so their transition to death or the other life the other side is not pleasant. So that's a really good point that you can start to think well I feel hopeless and there's nothing I can do. No, what you can do is connect to them energetically and send them thoughts of peace and healing so that they know that you love them and you're wishing them well wherever they are. And the other piece I'm going to share a bit later, will be about what you can do to transform your own thoughts. I'll talk about that a bit more. What I really want to emphasize today is that discussion is really important to stop um, the spread of suicide in the community. In Australia, we've got a television show called Insight, and I will share a link for you on YouTube because the Australian network may not be available global. It's SBS in Australia. But on YouTube, they have some of the episodes there. And in the description, I'll share a link for one of the episodes from several years ago about why males commit suicide so much more than females. And in the episode, it's got members of the community sharing their own emotional uh, experience why they attempted suicide and how they feel after surviving it and it gives really good insight into the emotions of men and their um, decisions to attempt suicide. There was another episode from Inside which I can't find on YouTube but it really touched my heart because it talked about teenagers who attempted suicide but they survived and it's, they're all adults now, young adults in their 20s. It's a recent episode from last year. All of them actually had committed to talking about why they attempted suicide in order to stop young people from attempting suicide. So unfortunately, once a teenager in that community commits or attempts suicide, it can spread. Other teenagers start to think that's an option. And in one one of the women's experience, in her community, there was something ridiculous, like 17 members of a small rural community that had committed suicide. And she had survived. So her passion was to really share her story. And she had quite a difficult life as well, to share the difficult experiences that she had to really encourage young people not to commute, commit suicide. The interesting thing in that episode of the five different people, they were girls and, and boys, well, young men and young women, they came from all different classes, all different ethnic backgrounds. One of the guys was an immigrant to Australia and he'd recently come out and he told his parents that he was gay and the parents just abandoned him. They were in a separate country and they left him to basically live on the streets in Australia. Um, A miracle happened, a woman from a rural town in Australia basically became his support person. So he had a support person after he committed suicide and that helped him get back on his feet. He attempted suicide and then she started to support him. She didn't know him, she was a complete stranger. The um, other people were, three of them were quite... um, really high achievers at school but they struggled with feeling unsuccessful unable to even verbalize some of their feelings and they came from sort of middle-class families but they weren't able to get their needs met they weren't able to get their emotional needs met and they felt suicide was an option and they were high performers and one of those was a child of divorce so his experience was very interesting because he um, felt that because he wasn't able to um, when his father committed suicide he felt he had to be the strong one in the family when he was getting in his teenage years feelings of not being able to cope he couldn't talk to anyone because as a younger child he felt like he should be the responsible one in the family he had a younger brother and he should have to look after that younger brother. So when his own needs weren't being met, he he struggled, he had nowhere to go, and basically all of those emotions imploded, and he he couldn't turn to anyone. So at an early age, um, a lot of young men, when they're children or teenagers, they may feel like they're not able to discuss and share those emotions. So young men in particular are... uh, really high target for us we need to start looking at how to get to them when they might be in need and we might not really know that they're struggling and we might think that they're pretty high achievers or that they're capable but really they might just be a hothouse of emotions that is shoved down inside of them for reasons we don't know they might have made a decision when they were a younger child like this guy did So, Patty, what are some of those um, factors or telltale signs that someone could be at risk of attempting suicide?
1: Yes, um, here are some risk factor characteristics provided by the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline website. These factors can assist in... Recognizing who may be more likely to consider suicide or attempt or actually die by suicide. These won't cause or predict a suicide attempt, but they are important to be aware of. Mental disorders, particularly mood disorders like schizophrenia, anxiety disorders, and certain personality disorders consuming alco- consuming a lot of alcohol and other substance abuse hopelessness feeling feelings of no reason to live depression impulsive or aggressive tendencies history of trauma or abuse major physical illnesses previous suicide attempts a family history of suicide, job or financial loss, a loss in a relationship, easy access to lethal means, lack of social support, isolation, and social withdrawal, lack of health care, especially mental health care and substance abuse treatment, Exposure to others who have died by suicide, either in real life or by media or internet. Yeah,
0: and a friend of mine just mentioned recently that some of the people struggling the most in this period of isolation are the younger generations, so teenagers to the 20s, because as much as they're addicted to the media, They are needing that social interaction that that now a lot of us are deprived of. (laughs) They're really struggling. So that's why it's very important to see uh, if your, your kids or your younger members of your family are watching certain TV or media, talk to them about that. That's a really classic thing to do. It's like, oh, so what's going on? What have you watched on Netflix or what are you watching? Ask them, because then you're going to get a sense of what they're, they're <laughs> overwhelming their brains with. So I wanted to, well, yeah.
1: Remember Angela when we did the episode, the many Mass of loneliness. That was our episode number three. Yeah, we 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 hit on some of those topics.
0: Yeah, really discovering what people are using to escape. Perhaps yes their feelings, seeing what media they're exposing themselves to. Yeah, that's a classic thing that I think older people do as well. But if you're a teenager or a young 20-something, you you haven't had the life experience perhaps to get out of it as easily as an older person. Uh, so I wanted to address specifically how suicide affects us if it's happened in your family. So a family history of suicide can be a factor that also makes you more at risk to suicide, but not only suicide. If you have um, a member of your family who's committed suicide, it can also directly connect to a tendency for depression, for substance addiction or abuse, uh, a tendency for mood disorders or just feeling sad for unknown reasons. I've witnessed this a lot as I work with ancestral patterns in family. And when I find that someone has a suicide in their family, even if they don't know the person, there can, can be a direct connection to that person's moods. And as I mentioned earlier, if you grow up in a family, where your grandparent committed suicide, even if you don't know that grandparent, your parents can have moods, alcohol, substance abuse, or depression, or avoidance of sad topics, or avoidance behavior, because they just don't want to deal with their deep sadness and grief or guilt. So this is really important. If we want to break cycles of suicide in families, and generational loss and hurt. This is where you can be really proactive. Earlier, I mentioned a very simple strategy to just connect to those who have passed over. Even if you don't know them, you're still connected to them. Your parents could know them. And you can still be genetically or DNA connected to them. Our memories, are, our family are always connected to us in our bodies and our memories of our family's lineage. And that's a very unconscious memory. So if you do know the person, you might have an easier time doing that connection by energetically connecting to them and just wishing them peace, wishing them to have a smooth experience in their transition and to release any feelings of hurt or guilt or sadness that they might have. And you just connect to them. If you don't have a prayer practice, all you have to do is just imagine them. You can write a letter to them, if that's something you prefer, and you can just wish them well. And then the second step, which is important for you if you come from a family affected by suicide, is to, to look at your own negative thoughts. So we are all connected to negative thoughts in our community and more so to our families, to our blood families and our adopted families. So blood families are really strong with our negative thoughts. For example, if you had a grandparent that was thinking about suicide, but they didn't do it, that can still affect you. That can make you feel thoughts about, well, what's the purpose of life anyway? Why bother? Those sorts of thoughts get handed down. Um, And one classic example can be if you're a mother with a child in your belly and the father. having suicidal thoughts that actually can imprint on the child in the mother's belly so we don't really understand how this works scientifically but believe me I've witnessed this over and over even in my own family negative thoughts can transmit down the lines so if you want to break that chain the first thing you have to do is realize that when you have sadness and if you have suicide in your family or your ancestry really start to go, am I really picking up maybe some of my sadness around this family member? Am I allowing those negative thoughts or sadness to be continued? What can I do to change that? And that's the best question you can ask yourself. What can I do to stop carrying that lineage or that habit of really feeling these negative thoughts? And the simplest thing you can do is just talk to someone and really start to share. Because in all of the examples of suicide, the main reason those people went ahead and did commit suicide or attempt it was because they didn't share what they were experiencing. They went into isolation and continued thinking more and more negative thoughts. And then the pointlessness and helplessness and hopelessness won because the negative thoughts kept on breeding and breeding and creating a negative energy so when you are feeling hopelessness or guilt about a family member who committed suicide it's really important to start realizing there is one thing you can do you can wish them well and you can start to change your negative thoughts talk to someone share with someone connect with someone who perhaps also has had a similar experience with the support group or just talk to someone in your family who you know you can perhaps to share some of those feelings or talk to a stranger like um, some of the helplines we're going to share with you later um, and Patty, you're also, you've got some very important warning signs uh, to share with people about if you see your family member at risk.
1: Yes. By being aware of some of the warning signs, this may help you determine if a loved one is at risk for suicide, especially if the behavior is new and has increased or seems related to a painful event, loss, or change. If you or someone you know exhibits any of these warning signs, please seek help by calling the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. And this is a U.S. number. It's 1-800-273-8255. And we will have that number and the website in our show notes. And they're trained professionals. So some of the warning signs are Talking about wanting to die or kill themselves and communicating a suicide intent or plan. Looking for ways to kill themselves, searching online or buying a gun. Talking about feelings of hopelessness or having no reason to live. Maybe they talk about feeling trapped or the pain is unbearable. They could talk about being a burden to others. You may notice an increase in the use of alcohol or drugs, or acting anxious or irritable, behaving recklessly, sleeping too much or too little, withdrawing or isolating themselves from everyone showing rage or talking about seeking revenge and going from extreme mood swings or making final arrangements like a will, notes, giving away personal items. Giving away the personal items is a big one. Um, I remember when I was young, one of my dad's coworkers' son. Um, he had killed himself, and when his parents came home, everything in his room was gone, and he had um, taken all of it. and they They don't know what he did with it. And then he went and he had went in the garage and turned on the car and and um, killed himself so that is a sign if you start noticing giving away all their personal things. Research shows people who are having thoughts of suicide feel relief when somebody approaches them in a caring way. Findings suggest acknowledging and talking about suicide may reduce suicide action. Talking with someone about suicidal thoughts and feelings can save a life. With awareness, we can all come together to help prevent suicide by asking a few questions. Ask how they are feeling. Let them know that you care about and love them. And let them know that you're available no matter what.
0: Yeah, and in this time of the isolation period uh, a text is a good replacement Um, yeah and I've had interesting moments um, of withdrawal myself in the isolation period I don't feel like talking to people (laughs) so I've actually texted a few people, not all because some of them I know understand what I'm going through but I've just let them know hey I'm not very talkative at the moment I'm going through an introverted phase that's been very important as well just to if you shut people out they may also feel that's what you prefer as a communication method so be aware that they may not realise that in my case what I'm experiencing so I had to let that, that family person know just so they understood why I wasn't communicating with them and then that opens the door to them asking you also, well, what what are you going through? How do you feel? So if you're on the other side where you find a family member is distant, a simple test, hey, how are you going? It's the easiest thing that you can do. Um, Yeah, just
1: showing that you care and that you love them and that you're thinking of them.
0: Yeah. A final piece I wanted to share is with teens. We have another podcast on getting on with your teenager, how to get on with your teenager. And this topic around suicide was particularly connected because um, teenagers these days are more isolated because of technology use. And some of the thoughts that they get addicted to also may be around comparing themselves and we've addressed that in another podcast called Beyond Comparison and unfortunately social media has helped a lot of teenage people mainly girls to compare themselves and get stuck in some very negative thoughts about themselves and also some bullying has occurred because of that. So one good thing to do with the teen's and even younger kids, is to start talking to them about suicide in ways that um, I call them sneaky, but it's not talking about it directly. Uh, There is a television uh, episode of 13, it's a series, sorry, 13 Reason Why, that's on Netflix, I believe, and it's a bit full on. So it will depend on you and how much uh, you think your teenager might be ready for it but I have heard a lot of parents have good success of bringing up the suicide topic because of that series and some of the parents have watched it by themselves and then decided when they're ready to watch it with their teenager so you can have a discussion about it. For me uh, what was helpful was the Australian show Insight and I I thought it was a really good way to look at a community talking about suicide. And I could watch that with my teenager if I had one um, to bring up the topic. And then as I watched it, I'd encourage them with a question, what could they do to help a friend if they thought their friend was struggling? So it's a really good way to work with youth Instead of saying, are you having suicidal thoughts? (laughs) Which I think some parents are fine about saying that. Don't commit suicide. Um, I think that's what my parents would would have done if they thought about it. They never thought about it as an option. Um, But it's more about helping people. What could you do? to help a friend if you thought your friend was struggling. So you're not even using the suicide word if your friend is struggling. So this way you're teaching your teenager to actually go and ask uh, how are you going? Uh, what what, What are you feeling? How are you feeling? Just a general question so you get them to think about what could they do in the situation. Because unfortunately the habit is if someone's struggling we tend to go into avoidance Mm-hmm. we tend to think they want to be left alone and I can guarantee you in this isolation period people might feel like they want to be left alone because they're lost in some of their decisions about what to do in life what do they do with their spare time what do they do about money and they're a bit lost because it's also new so when someone's lost They can go into very old habits of just avoidance. And it's a really good habit to start teaching young people how to help other people because that will will definitely alleviate any, any of their own concerns about not knowing what to do. As soon as you ask someone what can you do to help someone, immediately it gets them motivated into something different and it can change their mood very quickly if they're having any thoughts about this isolation period. It can help them to become more proactive or just to think about something to do that really gets them excited as well. Oh, I could just, uh, I could help my friend. That's a really great way to work with teens. And as a byproduct, if you're working with your youth around um, how they could help others, it will instantly help them to talk about their own feelings because they'll start to understand how they could feel um, struggling. They could feel like they're struggling at different times. And you can talk to them about that.
1: Yeah, and I like how you said about um, sending a text. You could send a, a text and say, just thinking of you, how's it going? Or um, send them some kind of funny meme or, or just letting them know that you're thinking about them. And that opens up the door for them to respond back. And just reaching out and saying, hi, I just was thinking about you can make a difference.
0: Yeah, it's- a really um, interesting form of communication that we've been forced to use these days
1: yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> well Angela and I wanted to share that you know if if you have questions feel free to go to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline for um, in the United States or even call the 1-800-2738 8255 and talk with a trained counsellor. If you're having thoughts or you possibly think that somebody you know is having thoughts, it's okay to talk to somebody.
0: And for Australia, there is lifeline.org.au They also have trained counsellors and I know that those counsellors are much better at dealing with suicide than other counsellors. They've got a script that will start to really help you to ground wherever you are at whatever point with your feelings. And they'll give you really clear guidelines whereas other people in your family you might not feel so comfortable talking about the scary stuff but those trained counselors they know what they're doing
1: (laughs) yes and Angela you have something coming up you would you share it with us yeah next week
0: in May the 5th in the USA which is the 6th in Australia I'm part of the lasting love summit with life mastery foundation And the Life Mastery Foundation has gathered (laughs) 20-odd different presenters on how to create lasting love. So you can sign up through the link in our description, the Lasting Love Life Mastery Foundation Summit. And it starts next week, May 5, and it's completely free to see all of those different presenters sharing and teaching different strategies on how to create lasting love. My topic's going to be about how to heal from hurts in the past, how love can heal, and using those hurts to transform the way you actually are available to be loving and to make those lasting love relationships.
1: Well, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, it's great fun yeah and you also have a new podcast yeah it's called the
0: love oracle and it's also on anchor with our building better relationships podcast and in the podcast i look at some of the traditions from the ancients from the delphic oracle times how do we understand love as a way to understand ourselves And it's available on Anchor as well as YouTube as well if you want some of the video content.
1: Well, Angela and I just wanted to thank everybody for listening and please leave a review or subscribe to us on any of the podcast networks. Thank you, Patty. Thanks, everyone.
0: Thank you for listening to Building Better Relationships with Angela and Paddy. Send us a message and please like or share the podcast or donate with the Anchor Donate button. We really value your feedback.